Welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Show notes can be found at knittingontherun.podbean.com. You can find me online on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept Monique, on Twitter as Windswept Knits, on Facebook as Windswept Designs, and I'd love for you to join our Ravelry group. You can also email me, podcast at windswept-designs-online.com. Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. This is episode 13, recorded on June 13th, 2017. Thank you so much to all my returning listeners and welcome to any new listeners. Segments this week include FOs, whips, a rather large knitting fail, pattern stocking, out and about, on the run, and in the garden. Well, here we go. For FOs, I have two new finished objects this week. Yay, because it's dash dash. I'm, I'm thrilled that I've actually gotten four finished objects already. I finished both the pink hitchhiker and the blue hitchhiker shawls that I've done. Technically, they're more scarves. I tweaked the pattern a little bit. If you know Hitchhiker, it's an eight-row repeat. I did a six-row repeat to make it into a more scarf and make it a little bit more gender-neutral because the blue Hitchhiker is for a man. And they were both made using Cascade's Ultra Pima Fine. The pink one is in the Primrose colorway, and the blue one is in Colonial Blue, and they both used about two skeins, almost completely the entire skeins, came to about 248 meters each, which puts my current stash dash total at 1186 meters. So that's good. I'm a third of the way to my goal. I'm hoping to get to 3000 meters. My stretch goal is 5000 meters. It's beginning to look like that's probably not going to happen. You'll understand why once we get to knitting fail. Although I do have another shirt that I need to um, tweak the shoulder straps on. So that will give me a whole bunch of meterage for probably only about 30 meters of work. But that's going to be in a future episode. On to whips. I got a lot of work done on my Stella Maris shawl. Very happy with that. That is a lace shawl, a beaded lace shawl. And the beading section last week was coming along pretty slowly because each section was requiring quite a bit of beads. But then as you got towards the end of the chart, there were fewer and fewer beads each row. So even though the each row was getting longer because of the, the semicircular construction, it still took a lot less time just because of the lack of beading. It's coming along beautifully. And I'm working on this in a gradient kit from Birdie's Knits. She works in just cotton. She hand dyes cotton. And her colorways are gorgeous. The colorway I'm using is a gradient kit called uh, Coney Island. And uh, sorry, Ocean View Coney Island. And it's just beautiful. It's from like a medium turquoise down to almost a white. And I've got a little bit of white that I'm going to use to finish up the pattern because the, the pattern calls for a little bit more yardage than I have. But it was too beautiful and it matched the colors way, colorway just too spectacularly to pass up. I'm excited because I'm hoping to actually wear this one this summer, especially since we're heading down the Cape for the 4th of July weekend to visit my parents. Um, this would be look lovely walking on the beach in the evening or heading out to dinner with my husband. I can't wait. I also got a lot of work done on my Empire top. As you may remember, this top crisscrosses across the bust, so you actually have tons of stitches on your needles before 
you knit the two, the first and last sections of the rows together to achieve that crisscross design. And I got to the point where I got to the crisscross, I knit the two rows together, the numbers came out perfectly, I was so excited, I started a row of ribbing, and then I tried it on, and I will continue the story in knitting fail. <laughs> Uh, next up, I've been working a lot on the Green Hitchhiker. I'm about three quarters of the way done. This is the third in the series of hitchhikers I'm doing. This one is in Valley Yarns Greylock, 100% cashmere. But I'm to the point now where I can't work on a full point at a time anymore. They're just too big, and I am allergic to cashmere. So I can only work on it for a limited amount of time, and then I have to go wash my hands. But I'm working on it a little bit each day, and it's coming along nice. It's going to be a really great scarf. Can't wait till it's done. My last whip for this week is the fourth and final hitchhiker in this family of hitchhikers I'm doing. That is the purple hitchhiker. That is also in Cascade Ultra Prima Fine. The colorway is called Deep Periwinkle, but it's purple. It's just a nice royal purple. Um, and I can't wait. When I get these last two hitchhikers done, I'll be able to finally get some good pictures of them all together and then send them off to their recipients who live up and down the eastern seaboard. <laughs> Knitting fail. 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 So I've had a couple interesting fails this week. The first fail was in my Stella Maris shawl. I'd gotten to row five in chart two and realized I dropped the stitch in row three or four and I had to unravel. It was just, you know, it had tweaked back and it was, I think, um, a decrease, either a knit two together or a center double decrease. And I just had a great gaping hole about an inch wide. There was no way to recover from that, at least not and keep my sanity. So thankfully, I put a lifeline in in the last row of chart one. So I just took the needles out and just frogged it, ripped it right back to the lifeline. and got it back on the needles. Ironically, I'd actually missed a stitch on the lifeline, but I caught that before it went any further. So whew, luck was on my side there. But I've now gotten back to the point where I am um, about two or three rows into chart two, and I'm about to start the third color in the gradient kit. Very excited on that. And the empire top. Whoa. I was getting so excited. And yes, before you ask, I had tried this on along the way. It seemed like it was going to fit, but once I got it, oh, it was just way too big. If you see my, if you saw my Instagram feed, or I, I put it on Twitter and Facebook as well, and I'll, I'll put the picture in the show notes. There's extra inches. It's supposed to be fitted across the bust. You know, maybe not vacuum-sucked fitted, but at least fairly fitted, because it is you know, crisscrossed. You don't want extra fabric over your bust line. Oh, extra inches. Hmm. The kicker is I got gauged, or, or super, super close to gauge. I was one stitch off over four inches. That, that's not bad at all. But I still have at least, it's around like two to three, maybe even four inches too big, you know, and, and oi. Oh, so I'm going to frog it and restart it. On the upside, if I wait, wait to restart it until the 20th of June, I can finally participate for the first time in the Colors of Fall cow with the Yarniacs. I've never done that because, honestly, I'm not that into fashion. I, I knit what I want to wear. I design what I want to wear. And I'm not a fashionista by any stretch of the imagination. I'm currently sitting here in a running shirt and a pair of gym shorts because I had physical therapy this morning. Uh, so, you know, yay. It does say 13.1 because I am a half marathoner, but it's still, you know, a tech shirt and gym shorts. And I have two kids and I stay at home. This is what I wear regularly. 
<sighs> but anyway, can you tell I'm desperately trying to find a bright side into wasting 500 meters-ish of knitting during Stash Dash? Yeah. So that's why I'm looking... It's looking like I'm not going to hit that 5,000 mark for Stash Dash, but I should still hit 3,000 meters pretty easily. Fingers crossed. I hope. But we'll see. Anyway, so hopefully I'll get to participate in another cow with this train wreck of a tunic. Okay. On to pattern stocking. I have been looking at two patterns this week that I'm excited about. Uh, the first one is the Nordic Yoke Set. I'm looking at the pullover. That's from Your Inspirations. It's a free pattern, and I found it through Ravelry. Thing One has asked me more than once to knit him a new sweater for the fall. He grew out of last year's sweater by January. It's a problem to knitting it ahead of time in the summer to photograph it, because it was a pattern that I designed for. I designed for both my boys, so I had to photograph it before the winter season. So he outgrew it by January. Oh well. But since I'll be knitting myself a colorwork sweater, sweater, excuse me, and I'll be knitting his baby brother a colorwork hat, I decided I should knit him a colorwork sweater too. This is great for me because colorwork is not my strong point. I need to get better at it. Uh, I've been working on the Hamilton hat, sorry, the Hamil knit hat, and that's helped me come a long way. I that had a really nice gauge the entire hat, and that's the best colorwork I've ever done. I'm so excited. So this way, this year, I'm really focusing on my colorwork and getting better. This pullover calls for three colors of DK weight yarn, which I don't have in stash in, in the amounts they need. But if I tweak the pattern slightly to be five colors, still only you know two in a row, but use different colors instead of repeating the same three colors, then I have more than enough yarn in my stash. I have a whole bunch of Valley Yarns Long Meadow in a variety of colors that I bought to do something else, which and, and never got around to doing it. So that is a discontinued cotton acrylic blend that is machine washable. Um, it's great if you have small children. Great for kids' sweaters. You can toss them in the washing machine. Or if you want to knit yourself something that you want to be able to toss in the washing machine. Fortunately, it is discontinued. But if you can get a hold of it, I definitely recommend it for a nice DK weight. The other pattern that I've been stocking is the Star Wars Double Knit Scarf by Not A Nice Dragon. It's also free on Ravelry. I found this beauty while I was looking for sweater ideas for Thing One, and oh my god, I need to make this for my husband. It's amazing. And my whole household, we're all big Star Wars fans. Me, my husband, my five-year-old, the baby not so much, he hasn't seen it. He's always, he's not even two yet, but the rest of us are huge. And this scarf has amazing motifs. It's got the Death Star, it's got at at walkers it's got the Imperial logos and oh, Stormtrooper faces, and it's incredible. I, I really want to do this. Unfortunately, I have never double-knit before, so I'm looking for classes. Can anyone out there recommend a class? I'm assuming Craftsy must have one. They have everything. Uh, I just have to go look for one. Fingers crossed I can find one, because this would make the perfect gift for him. And I could make two. I could make one for my husband and one for my son and make matching Christmas gifts, and they would absolutely adore it. I'm so excited. In Out and About, did you celebrate Worldwide Knit in Public Day this past Saturday? I did. I was very excited. We had company over, so I wasn't sure if I'd be able to. I definitely had my knitting out all day. And I started the day out in the backyard with my sons and my in-laws over, and I was just working on a scarf back there, which is too nice, you know, that morning not to. And then my in-laws wanted to see Thing One's karate class. They'd never seen him do it before, so... 
We went, and for once, I got to go to karate, and I didn't have to be the only one with eyeballs on thing, too. Whew. He can be an interesting handful sometimes at Big Brother's karate class. So I got to knit a good portion of that class, probably about half of it, maybe 20 minutes or so. I was so excited. I cast on the fourth hitchhiker there and got it quite a ways on. And then after karate, we went to a local farm for ice cream. This is the farm where we had our CSA last year. Side note, we did not decide to get a CSA this year. It's because the boys are both being really picky. They're both going through a picky phase. So instead, uh, this local farm has what they call a market share card program. So you basically buy gift cards in the you know in the early months, January, February, March, when they need the money to put into the crops, and then you bring those cards back later in the year, June, July, August, you know, through October when they have the crops, and you can use them to buy whatever you want from the farm stand. So it works out well for everybody involved. The farmer gets the money when they need the money, and you get the veggies when they're fresh. It's a great deal. And with the CSA, you're not stuck with yet another bulb of kohlrabi that I cannot get anyone else in my family to eat. And there's only so much kohlrabi I can eat. Ugh. I will probably do a CSA again next year. I'm hoping they'll both boys maybe will have grown out of this picky phase a little bit to some degree, but uh, at least this gives us the option of getting some delicious farm fresh fruit and veg this year. But anyway, back to Worldwide Knit and Public Day. So they also have an ice cream stand at the farm, because of course, and we went took the in-laws there for ice cream and they got to see the farm and, and um, my eldest son had his birthday party there last year and they weren't able to come up for it and they'd heard a lot about it. So we get to show them around the farm a little bit. And I had my knitting on me hanging off my wrist while we walked around a little bit. And I got some more knitting done there, which was exciting. In On the Run, I actually have news this week. It's so exciting. I walked a 5K on Sunday. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, I walked it. I didn't run it, but it's a start. Thing One has been asking to run a race with Mommy and Daddy for a while now. So back in January, we signed all four of us up for the color run at Gillette Stadium, which is right near our house. The original plan was for Thing One to run it with Daddy, and I would push Thing Two behind in the jogging stroller, and we got a plastic rain cover to put over it during the quote-unquote color parts so he wouldn't get hit in the face with colored powder. If you don't know what a color run is, it's a 5K with no time limit. They're not even timed. Go as slow as you want. And they set up color stations. If you've ever seen the Hindu festival Holi, it's a lock like that. You end up coming out tie-dyed from head to toe. So I know if you're ever in India or Nepal during Holi, go. It's so much fun. I lived in Kathmandu for a short period of time in Nepal and was over there for Holi, and it was marvelous. Anyway, back to running. Uh, so yeah, the original plan was for Thing 1 to run with Daddy and me to push Thing 2. But because we suddenly had a heat wave out of nowhere, it went from 60 to 90. <laughs> None of us were ready to run in that heat. So plans changed. So Thing 1 and Daddy ran about the first kilometer, and I walked behind with the baby, toddler, sorry. Gotta call him toddler now. Um, and then Thing 1 pretty much rode in the footwell about half of the rest of the race. But he walked but he walked about half. He ran through the colored sections with Daddy, and they looped around them a couple times to get some extra color on them. Thing 2 had fun as well once we get moving. He hated the corral. It was hot and stuffy in there. But once we get moving, you know, riding in the stroller, he got the nice breeze. And they had a few hoses out that you could run through. So I'd make sure he got a little bit sprinkled. And we kept ice. I had liters upon liters of water with us for the heat. You know, we, we weren't sure we were going to finish because it was 90 at the start, you know, almost 90 at the start line, 85 or so. So I had at least three liters of ice water in the stroller. 
for everybody. And, you know, while, while we were waiting, we were drizzling the boys with ice water to keep them cool, and they were fine. They weren't overheating at all. They did very well. And we decided, you know, if by the halfway mark, because it's kind of a, a two-loop course, you loop in one direction, then you loop the other direction, uh, and then you come back to the finish line. And, you know, if we get to the halfway point and the boys were overheating, we just walked to the finish line and wouldn't finish. But um, the clouds actually came in and a breeze picked up. And after about the first kilometer, kilometer and a half, it wasn't so bad. And by then the boys were having fun. And so we had a grand old time. We finished the race. We all four got medals, had a lots of fun. And the snack food at the end was chips and uh, squeezy fruits from some the company sponsors. Uh, so the boys thought that was great. They love squeezy fruits and they love chips. So this is like, you know, bonus. They were so happy. Um, yeah, so we had a great time and we'll do it again. And there's a 5k coming up this fall at thing one's uh, elementary school. So we're going to all sign up for that. We could walk to the start line for that one. It's right around the corner, but he's excited. I think he might have the brace bug now that he's done it and has earned his very own medal. It's really exciting. In the garden, our deck plants are thriving. They are loving this high heat. I'm trying to keep them alive. Going from 60 to 90, it's a little bit of a shock, but the tomatoes are just, you know, growing by leaps and bounds. The garden plants are still not too happy. After weeks and weeks of cold, cold rain, it kind of seems like they've gone into shock almost to some degree. So we're back in the 90s again. Today is the third day hitting 95, which for New England in June is a little on the high side. We are happy to have the heat, but the plants not so much. So fingers crossed that when temperatures even out again later this week and we get back to seasonal temperatures, that they decide to start growing because the broccoli and the kohlrabi are still only, you know, three inches high. The carrots are only an inch high. The only thing that seems really happy are our sugar snap peas. They're growing like weeds, but I guess technically they are weeds that just happen to have really yummy fruit on them. You know, those, those sugar snap peas are delicious. But everything else is kind of cranky up in the garden. We'll see what happens. Our kiwi vines are thrilled. I'm not sure if they know what's going on. They're supposed to be arctic kiwis, but this heat doesn't seem to bother them. And we have hundreds and hundreds of little kiwis on our vines. I put some pictures up earlier this week. I'll, I'll try to add them to the show notes. If you've never seen an arctic kiwi, it's a little different than what you think of from the grocery store, those brown fuzzy ones from New Zealand. Arctic kiwis are more the size of a large grape. They're all green, and when they're ripe, um, they taste a lot like a regular kiwi, but you can just pop the whole fruit in your mouth. The skins are completely edible, and they're not fuzzy at all. They're a nice, smooth skin. And the vines are really pretty. The male vines, all the vines have these really pretty green leaves, and they, they um, are climbers, so we have them up at the trellises on our deck. But the male plants in the, um, I guess, late summer or so, the leaves start to turn pink, and various shades of pink and ivory and stuff, and it's beautiful, really showy. A lot of people apparently grow the males just for the beautiful color, but hey, why not grow the fruit too? I mean, hey, you know, free snack food right on the deck as long as you can keep the birds off them. We will need to go get nets. That's the one thing we learned net last year. I kind of threw nets over them haphazardly last year and didn't really anchor the nets down, and we only got, you know, five kiwis. Also with the drought, we only really had kiwis on one of the vines anyway, but this year we have fruit on four vines. Our two older vines are really happy and then two of our newer vines have actually set fruit for the first time so we should get a lot of crops this year i'm very excited about that i need to go through nets over the blueberries they're not ready to you know to ripen yet but they're getting close 
close enough that I want to keep the birds and squirrels off them, because last year, between the drought and the birds, I think we got two blueberries. <laughs> but hey, you know, some years you win, some years you lose. That is the joy of gardening. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you all have a marvelous week ahead and keep something beautiful on your needles. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.